Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and I'm. Hello. This is a content creation weekend for us. We did a lot. I've written this for the my, podcast. This I is mean, my third podcast I've recorded this weekend. This is my second podcast I've recorded this weekend, but I have been working since I woke up. Yeah. I have been at work. I'm so tired. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good yawn. So sleepy, Michael. Um, I am. I am tired, though. I've been working for about 12 hours now. I'm very sleepy. Do you want to get the advertising out of the way? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Zenny. <laughs> Here, wear glasses for you. I just made that jingle up. Zennyoptical.com. Yep, we did a four-minute ad last time, so that's a good ad this time. Yeah, you think? Oh, it's any optical. Good, good. Good glasses, uh, good affordable glasses. Affordable glasses, that's the word you use, that's right. It is. Empowering people of all ages. Okay. <laughs> Zenny Optical. Z-E-N-N-I. Optical.com. All right. All right, so moving on. Oh, and you can see our Zenny Optical glasses if you are a patreon patron or if you're in the group and you saw the screenshot that i took from my phone that was really low res for some reason that was really low res <laughs> I, I, was, I was like what is that all about it was like a low res because i think it was it was of the thumbnail <laughs> i don't know oh the video itself isn't that low res yeah but yeah oh you can yell i'm so sorry you haven't been yawning all day and you get on a microphone and now yeah. you can't stop so I saw so sleeping. <laughs> well, yesterday I got four hours sleep, you see. When you got me on the, uh, I was on video and on the Patreon episode. Yeah, but I think I had you were crushing it though. You were, you were really giddy doing the uh, yeah, video. I was, I was giddy doing the video. Apparently I was stupid doing the video according to Matt Hinton. Now, well, but, we both were, but we were kind of focused on recording more so, so than actually figuring things out i was focused on reading but um then uh then you made me cry during the <laughs> patreon episode and then i like how you just tell people that with no context well, whatsoever they should be subscribed to our patreon content if they want context well i would like to give some context so i no. just don't look like a fucking ginormous asshole all right fine i'll give it some context give it a little context so i have been having health problems Oh, you didn't have to go that deep. I thought you could just say. Well, I told I made everybody a joke. on Patreon that I was going well, yeah, to explain I, I just, it. Just a little context, but go for it. Do your thing. What's that face? Well, I mean, when was I supposed to explain it? Was there? A oh, I didn't time? know if you wanted to. I, I wasn't trying to. My point is, I wasn't trying to force you to go into all that. I just wanted you to explain that I made an offhand comment that you started to dwell on. Well, I've been okay. So here's the thing. So I've been, I've been uh, sick. And I haven't been talking about it on the podcast because why would I? But I, I am now because my hormones are all out of whack as a result because I had that surgery and then the surgery wasn't it didn't to handle things. And then I had to have my IUD removed, which was like basically they just like jerk all that hormone back out of you and your body's not making it. So like. I've been really hormonally imbalanced. Yes. So it's like basically living with a pregnant woman is the is what it's like. Or someone who's PMSing, I guess. 
No, more like a pregnant woman. Yeah, so I cry at the but drop you're of not, a hat. You're not really angry or testy. No, it's no. more yeah, it's more this this you just get sad so easily. So yeah, I just like I cry at the drop of a hat. It's a fucking nightmare. And as if I don't cry already, you know? Yeah. And then like so we're recording this episode and Sean makes a joke, which he wasn't even making a joke like at me or anything. He was just making a joke. And I immediately started crying. <laughs> and I just had to watch your face. Go and we don't face. edit Patreon episodes. So Patreon episodes are. That's the whole thing is like if something happens like that, we just sit there and let it happen. S&M in the raw. Yeah. So we just sat there while I cried. <laughs> Sean's like, oh, no, this sucks. <laughs> so please we got stop to, crying. Yeah. Please stop. Uh, and so we put out an hour and a half of content yesterday and then putting up a 47 vid 47 minute video takes a really long time because you got to edit it and then you got to which I didn't really edit edit. But you have to you have to like, you know, edit it for sound quality and then export it and then put it up on the Internet. And that takes for fucking ever. It took me like an hour and a half to get that shit done yeah. yesterday. So if you count the hour and a half of content creation plus the hour and a half, it took me three hours. There was three hours of podcast work yesterday. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> so on that note, we, let's get some more patrons. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, um, Sean's going to tell us about the new Patreon patron tier. All right. We have a new $25 no, tier. We, no, no, no. Uh, we eliminated the $25 tier and we introduced the $20 tier. All right. Why am I talking about this? I clearly don't know what I'm talking we, about. We talked about it before it started and then you promptly started. I thought it was a new 25. I thought we changed from 20 to $25. No, so we went down. We went down. Yeah. Why? Why would you go up to watch a movie? I don't know. Yeah. All right. So we have a, a $20 tier. Yeah. Where you can. Whip. We'll kind of watch a movie together-ish. Not really together. You watch it on your own and, and then we can discuss it or... Yeah, this is your thing. <laughs> like I can tell by your face. I, you literally set this up. You did all the copy for it. I don't know why you're like, hey, take it away. Because <laughs> you do housekeeping. I don't have to do housekeeping. There's no rule that says Sean has to do housekeeping. This was your setup, so you clearly have a better pitch for it. Take it so, away, Maggie. It's called SNM Monthly Movie. Didn't even know that. And because oh. <laughs> I don't memorize the stuff, I didn't create it. Oh God! <laughs> you ever like think you're in something with somebody, and then you find out you're in it by yourself? Like I, I'm, I'm a part of this, but I didn't create it. This came from your mind. You didn't even run it mic. by me. You're just like, hey, I did this, and I'm like. Cool. We'll, well do that's that. That's because we had like our next tier was twenty five dollars and it was literally to talk to us. No. Yeah. Who wants that? Who knows? So this is like this is a little bit more fun. It's like it's a monthly movie where you, you have to you still have to like run it yourself because Or go to I mean, the theater. Depending. Yeah, or go to the theater because like for Star Wars it would be Star Wars, obviously, in December. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, it's a monthly movie and obviously we, if you're in, you have to be in by the beginning of the month or if we don't have people in, we don't do it that month. Yeah. Like you can't join on September 25th and be like, <laughs> I'm you're here just for my a movie. movie? <laughs> right. I'm like, oh no, 
I mean, yeah, we already watched it. It was it too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so anyway, we're doing this, this movie thing and then we all get online and we'll get online through like a conferencing service such as Zoom or whatever, something that'll work on your phone or your tablet or your computer and we'll all video chat and we'll do that for as long as we have like under 10 people. And then once we get up to more people, then it'll switch formats and we'll start playing around with it. But for as long as there's a small audience, it'll be all of us getting on the mic or camera, really. Yeah. And it'll only be viewable by the people who are members. Yes. Sam sneezing at me. All right. So there it is. The new Patreon tier. Hey, so this week, the new Tool album came out. I have a new story. Oh, okay. Well, I was, I was just going to talk about the new Tool album. What do you think of it? It's, um, those instrumental breaks are fucking terrible. Yeah. It's going to be a no for That's me, That's your takeaway? Yeah. The three, just the three little interludes. I don't like them. Ruin the whole album. Ruin, like, the other, like, 80 minutes of content or whatever. Well, those, those little interludes are, are a no from me. <laughs> I don't like them. So I'm tr still trying to absorb the album, but as of right now, it's it's not it's not blowing me away. It's solid. It's a it's a decent album. It's not bad by any means. It sounds like Tool, but there is no there's no cathartic release to these songs like there there used to be. Well, I don't think he has as much need. He's just making some wine and. <laughs> well, still though, that's kind of been their their formula. He's like, I, I don't have anything to release. I release it all by stomping grapes. <laughs> and the uh, this new direction is a little. It's all, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's no release. It's all foreplay. Okay. Which can be fun, but uh, yeah, I gotta listen to it some more. Uh, what else? Oh, we watched Bright Burn last night. That was really good. Mm -hmm. What did you think of that? That movie is fucking gross. It had some brutal scenes in it that were fantastic. Some fantastic gore. That people. movie is a horror movie. Yeah. I you mean, didn't... like, no, don't be like you didn't know. Yeah, oh, okay. I knew that. But oh, okay. what I mean is, like, it's not often that it's a that there are horror movies that are actually horror movies that yeah. are horrifying. You know. Really cool premise. Superman, if Superman uh, was an evil child, is basically is the whole movie basically, and it's it's really well done, moves quickly, good performances, good writing, great violence. I'll give you a solid that's, recommendation. Brody to the max. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> well, I mean. It's really gross. I liked it. Uh, it's still good. Yeah. Like, oof. Remember when I made you go see the Cabin Fever at the theater? <gasps> no, how excited I was. Oh. Because I was, I was back when I was big into horror and every, all the, the horror websites were talking about this movie. And I was like, and this new guy, Eli Roth. And, and then Eli Roth wouldn't leave us alone. That's right. He just hung out with us our the, whole. The whole time we were in Vegas. Our whole fucking anniversary weekend. He was just like, hey, guys. Just trying to hang out with you. You're the only people I want to see. Right. And we were like, go away, Eli Roth. And he was like, my business went under because I was so obsessed with you guys. <laughs> the goratorium is closed. Goratorium closed because he wouldn't leave us alone. Right. That's how it played out, I'm pretty sure. 
You don't have to fact check us. That's real. <laughs> That's how it happened. All right, what's your news story? It's a follow-up on a previous news story. All right. So, if you actually listen while you play the podcast, you might remember the body broker story. Body the, broker. There were people, um, bodies, human bodies, oh, so yeah. not people, with like heads on right. other bodies. Okay, so. I remember that story. It was in Arizona at a body donation center. Yeah. So the former a former body broker has a theory for why FBI agents found a person's head sewn to a different body. So it recaps the whole thing. But I wanted to tell you what the theory is. Here's this theory. And I don't know who the guy is. I skipped all that. If I knew that a family wanted their ashes back, I'd be doing limited recovery of internal organs or tissues so that they would get 90% of bone ash back. But these other people, they take everything. They take arms, shoulders, spines, hips, basically all the family would have left left is maybe a cup's worth of ashes from like rib cage or something. Hmm. So I think that the family probably wanted ashes back and the biological resource center took body parts that they didn't have to have to get back just to make up volume. So that, <coughs> oh my gosh <coughs> that would be my assumption because there's no other reason to go through all the work trying to put body parts back together again <laughs> it's not normal he added no he also added that the business wasn't entirely legal hmm. and that that the that relatives had explicitly given permission for him to take the body parts of the loved ones huh so interesting yeah isn't that interesting it is that would might be why but i can't imagine like sewn back together wrong back together but you don't have the rights to that <laughs> that's only a snippet is that okay i don't know I don't and, and it's sewn or it's saying wrong it's saying back together wrong um but yeah so that's that might be why. So they weren't doing like Dr. Frankenstein's experiments, trying to reanimate or anything. I don't think so. Yeah. Can you get this one? Do you have a blanket? I have a dock in it. You have four blankets I'm looking at right now, including one on the corner there. If you could maybe get that for Sam so we can calm him down. Oh, I can't reach that. <laughs> well, well, Jesus the... Christ. I'll... Use your core strength, woman. But it's going to disrupt this dog. He'll be okay. Just bend over. Rabbit. Oh, you're and asking for it now. Man, you're so tiny. You can barely reach anything. Look at you. You're dumb. There we go. All right, Sam. Got you a blanket. Please lay down. Anyway. Hey, I want to go first this week. Change things up. Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. I don't think mine will be very long, though. Mine's, it's Labor Day weekend, man. It's, it is a holiday weekend, you guys. Pulling it in. And therefore, I don't even have a page of notes. <laughs> oh, wow. So after watching Brightburn last night, it, it made me want to watch some Superman stuff. So I got all excited to watch some Superman stuff. And I watched uh, with Mason today. I watched Superman one and two. The 1978-1981 film. Hey, guys. With Christopher Reeve. Is that your Margot Kidder impression? Your I don't lowest, know. Is that the actress? 
The actress who plays Lois Lane. I'm Lois Lane. <laughs> hey, Superman, come and save me. Yeah, she had a bit <laughs> of a smoking problem. <laughs> but I was actually going to talk about, not about the movies, but about the guys who created Superman and basically created superhero comics by doing so. So... I'm, oh, I'm, I'm oh. over here. <laughs> You're staring off into the I'm distance. I'm just zoning out. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, that reminds me. Uh, listener Brad has come up with what I think is a great tagline for our show, which is like a, a podcast where the, the your hosts have no interest in what the other one is talking about at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. <laughs> but one. I'm pretty sure I know about this. These This guy from Cleveland, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So no. I know the story. Well, one of them was from Canada, moved to Cleveland at a young age, but the other one was in. It's like Canada's pretty much Cleveland. It's literally just <laughs> across the water. All right. So. Canada might as well be Cleveland. Fun. All right. All right. So Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Jerry Siegel was the writer and Joe Schuster was the illustrator. They met in 1932 while in high school in Cleveland in the Glenville neighborhood. What high school? I think Glenville High School. It's like a, a Jewish neighborhood of, of Cleveland. Yeah, the east side. Um, they bonded over their mutual love of fiction and, and particularly like science fiction. Uh, Siegel aspired to become a writer and Schuster aspired to become an illustrator. Uh, Siegel wrote amateur science fiction stories, which he self-published as a magazine called Science Fiction, The Advanced Guard of Future Civilization. His friend Schuster often provided illustrations for his work. January 1933, Siegel published a short story in his magazine titled The Reign of the Superman. The titular character is a vagrant named Bill Dunn who is tricked by an evil scientist into consuming an experimental drug. The drug gives Dunn the powers of mind reading, mind control, and clairvoyance. He uses these powers maliciously for profit and amusement, and when the drug wears off, leaving him a powerless vagrant again. What? Uh, I don't think that's... I don't know that guy. <laughs> well, this was 1933. Superman wouldn't debut until like five years later. All right, so they shifted over to making comic strips with a focus on adventure and comedy. Uh, they wanted to become syndicated newspaper strip authors, so they showed their ideas to various newspaper editors. Uh, the newspaper editors told them that their ideas weren't sensational enough. They wanted to make a successful comic strip and to be something more sensational than anything else on the market. This prompted Siegel to revisit Superman as a comic strip character. Siegel modifies Superman's powers to make him even more make him even more sensational. Like Bill Dunn, the second prototype of Superman is given powers against his will by an unscrupulous scientist, but instead of psychic abilities, he acquires superhuman strength and bulletproof skin. So I'm going to take a minute and kind of go back uh, to another article I read that I found very interesting. Sam, you have got to leave me alone. Sam thinks you need to pet him. So. About a year before, in 1932, Jerry Siegel's father, Mitchell, who was a, a Jewish immigrant from Lithuania, died during a robbery at his Cleveland secondhand clothes store. Uh, he was 60 years old. He fell to the ground during the robbery. According to the police report, gunshots were heard. However, the coroner said he died of a heart attack. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. That is not funny. But it's not funny, sir. It's just like, it's just like, oh, man, like they missed and you still died. Uh, well, they might have just been firing in the air to scare him. And it worked very well. 
you know. Yeah. You see you see that in the movies all the time where they're all like, this is a stick up, pop, pop, pop. And then the people in the apartment above get shot and killed. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Superman didn't appear until 1938 in Action Comics, but just weeks after his father was killed is when he His father first... wasn't killed. His father died. During a robbery, though. I mean, but he died of a heart attack. I don't know he, that during... he would have died of a heart attack that night but had he, he not died been of a robbed. Heart attack. During a robbery. He wasn't killed. That's, I mean, yeah, you couldn't pin it as a murder, but I'm pretty sure it was a side effect. <laughs> you put the murder, but the think... robbery helped. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, only, only a few weeks later, he created Superman, a man who is bulletproof and, and, should have and stops should crime. Have, should have created Spider-Man and had the whole Uncle Ben story. That's where, that's where I should have gone. <laughs> I just think it's kind of cool that uh, to cope, he made someone who's impervious to yeah. Everything. That was his coping mechanism, I think, and that you don't you don't hear a lot about that. And he created a guy that that would have survived that ordeal, you know, because he's Superman. He's super. Well, he made someone who's bulletproof. It's like, well, your dad didn't get shot, motherfucker. Your right. dad just keeled over, <laughs> like he heard a loud noise and went. No Ugh! sympathy, like Jesus Christ, you have been desensitized. Feel bad for the guy. I, I do feel bad for the guy. He was clearly scared, but it was like he got so scared that he fell over dead. And then I feel bad for the kid. I feel very bad for the kid. And then. uh, But like. So then a day after the robbery. <laughs> I'm dying. and I don't know why. A day after the robbery, the uh, Cleveland plane dealer on June 3rd, 1932. They. Uh, it's my, my great grandma's birthday. They wait. Same year and everything. <laughs> no, she was born in, she was born in like 19-0-something. Okay. Um, but it was like her 20th birthday. Somebody wrote in, weighing in on the need for vigilantes during the dark days of the Depression, and the letter was signed by someone named uh, A.L. Luther. And this uh, Mr. Meltzer who wrote this, he, he wonders if that's where Lex Luthor was inspired, possibly, because it was the plain dealer. Day yeah. after. Um, so, yeah. But Lex Luthor is, like, bad. Yeah, but, I mean, just, I mean, it, it, there's nothing to say that that's, that's where it came from, but it, it's just kind of, kind of interesting. All right, back to Origins of Mr. Superman. Now we're going to skip ahead here. All right. They showed their second concept of Superman to consolidated book publishers based in Chicago. Uh, they published all original stories and uh, they sent a delegation to, uh, to Cleveland that summer on a business trip. They took the opportunity to pre present their work. They expressed interest, but later pulled out of the comics business altogether without ever offering any kind of deal. So Siegel believed that the Publishers kept rejecting them because him and him and Schuster were young and unknown, so he looked for an established artist to replace Schuster. Oh. When Siegel told Schuster what he was doing, Schuster reacted by burning their rejected Superman comics, bearing only the cover. They continued collaborating on other projects for the time being. Schuster was through with Superman. Understandably, he co-created something. He's like, look, I know I'm nobody, but you're nobody too, so I'm going to replace you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's what it kind of feels like, right? Holy fuck. So he wrote, to, Siegel wrote to numerous artists, um, looking to, you know, explaining his concept. And uh, 
you know, trying to hire them. Uh, and then uh, in June of 1934, he found a partner in Chicago, uh, an artist named Russell Keaton. He drew uh, Buck Rogers and Sky Rhodes comic strips. Uh, and the script that he sent to Keaton, Superman's origin story evolved in the distant future when Earth is on basically the Superman. You don't really need to. You don't we don't need to go into that. It's similar. To what we know nowadays, anyway. All right. So eventually Siegel and Schuster reconciled and resumed developing Superman together. Uh, the character became an alien from Krypton, all that jazz. And yes, I know I'm skipping over a lot. I feel like everybody knows Superman's origin, though, right? Oh, it's Batman. I was trying to figure out who Bill Finger was, but that's Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's a different that's a different guy. I was like, who's this guy? And I'm like, Why do I know that guy? Um, all right. Uh, so in June 1935, Siegel and Schuster finally found work with National Allied Publications, which is kind of a precursor to DC Comics. I think it was one of those ones that got absorbed eventually. So uh, they were still trying to sell it as, you know, newspaper syndicate kind of thing. So then they uh, they ended up going to New York in 1937, and they visited a uh, guy named, what's his first name? I don't know. Anyways, last name is Leibowitz. Leibowitz. Is it Leibowitz or Leibowitz? Leibowitz. Leibowitz. All right. So uh, Leibowitz asked Siegel to produce some comics for an upcoming comic anthology magazine called Action Comics. Oh. Yeah. I've heard of that. <laughs> Siegel proposed some new stories, but not Superman. Siegel and Schuster were at the time negotiating a deal with McClure Newspaper Syndicate for Superman. Early January 1938, Siegel had a three-way telephone conversation with Leibowitz and an employee of McClure named Max Gaines. Gaines informed Siegel that McClure had rejected Superman, asked if he could forward their Superman strips to Leibowitz so that Leibowitz could consider them for action comics. Siegel agreed. Leibowitz and his colleagues were impressed by the strips, and they asked Siegel and Schuster to develop the strips into 13 pages for Action Comics. Having grown tired of rejections, Siegel and Schuster accepted the offer. They submitted their work in late February and were paid $130 for their work. Uh, adjusted for inflation would be about $2,300 nowadays. So that's a decent amount, right? Considering they're unknowns? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, however... They signed a contract in which they released the copyright for Superman to Detective Comics Incorporated. This was normal practice in the business, and Siegel and Schuster had given away the copyrights to their previous works as well. That's rough. Yeah. All right, I so their revised, revised version of Superman appeared in the first issue of Action Comics, which was published on April 18, 1938, and became a huge success thanks to Superman. Now I'm going to get in. I'm going to skip over some stuff. We know Superman was very successful, obviously. What? And. Just dumb. Because Superman's fucking dumb. <laughs> Not at the time. It was fucking amazing. All right. So. Superman's so lame. Like you were watching a Superman cartoon day. <coughs> I was watching the Fleischer ones from like 1941 or something. So only like three years after the comic came out, they had a cartoon, which is a pretty big deal, I think, back then. That is not what you were watching when I was watching. Oh, Superman. Oh, you're talking about I was watching the uh, the Bruce Tim ones. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it was like modern as fuck. Yeah. Well, later on, I was watching the Max Fleischer ones, and I, I was I was sleeping during that. Mason was watching those. That's why I don't remember that. Anyway, and I had to watch the. 
origin story for the bajillionth time. That's probably the best telling of it, though. There's no good telling of it. <laughs> it's better it's than like the one from the 1978 movie. It's like the most boring fucking origin ever Uncle in that movie. Ben die. Watching Bruce Wayne's parents die. I'm like, I I'm so tired of these people's origin stories. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Superman became obviously far more popular and valuable than they ever anticipated. And they they very much regretted giving him away. Yeah. So DC Comics for a hundred bucks, one hundred thirty dollars. They retained Siegel and <laughs> Schuster, and they were well. They were paid well because they were popular with the readers. So, uh, between nineteen thirty eight and nineteen forty seven, DC Comics paid them together over four hundred thousand dollars, which nowadays would be about six million dollars. That's nice, but um, can you imagine if they had had Twitter? They'd be like <laughs> Rob Liefeld on crack. Like they'd be, like, <laughs> they'd be like, I'm fighting Superman. What about you? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Superman, how you doing? Uh, all right, so Siegel wrote most of the magazine and daily newspaper stories until he was conscripted into the army in 1943. He was what? Conscripted into the army. He was conscripted? Yeah. Goals, word of the week. <laughs> conscripted. Yes. Is that like drafted? Yeah. Conscripted? All right, so while Siegel was serving in Hawaii, DC Comics published a story featuring a child version of Superman called Superboy, which was based on a script Siegel had submitted several years before, but they DC had not bought that character from him. So Because it was terrible. But they, here they are using it. So he was furious. So after he got discharged from the Army, he and, he and Schuster sued DC Comics in 1947 for the rights to Superman and Superboy. The judge ruled that Superman belonged to DC Comics, but the Superboy was a separate entity that belonged to Siegel. Siegel and Schuster settled out of court with DC Comics, which paid the pair uh, $94,000, today about 980000 in exchange for the full rights to both Superman and Superboy. So they made some money off of Superman. It wasn't just $130, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then DC Comics promptly fired Siegel and Schuster. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to really sue who you're working for and then get to keep working there. All right. They rehired Jerry Siegel as a writer, though, in 1957. Then in 1965, Siegel and Schuster attempted to regain rights to Superman again using the renewal option in the Copyright Act of 1909, but the court ruled Siegel and Schuster had transferred the renewal rights to DC Comics in 1938. They appealed. The appeals court upheld this decision. DC Comics fired Siegel when he filed the second lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to just keep sewing this. Like, it would be. I, I don't even know how to feel for. about that, though, man. You watch your creation. And again, they, they pretty much invented superhero comics. So they had no fucking idea, right? They didn't know there's going to be cartoons and TV shows and movies and yeah. T-shirts and snow cones and ice cream and just they everything. didn't know there's going to be ice cream? Yeah. You ever had Superman ice cream? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Superman ice cream. That's the thing. Yeah. It might just be an Ohio thing, but there is Superman ice cream. But you don't, obviously you don't know, especially then... When, you know, they didn't invent comic books or anything, but, you know, Superman is the original superhero as far as anybody's concerned. I'm sure there's other characters that precede that, but that's the one that's that's like the origin of everything we have now. All the Marvel characters, all the DC characters, it all goes back to Superman. I feel like Greek gods are the original superheroes. There you go. But not comic book heroes. In 1975, Siegel and a number of other comic book writers and artists launched a public campaign for better compensation and treatment of comic creators. Warner Brothers agreed to give Siegel and Schuster a yearly stipend, 
full medical benefits and credit their names in all future Superman productions in exchange for never contesting ownership of Superman. <laughs> if you will just shut the fuck up. Siegel and Schuster upheld this bargain. So they were they got paid twenty thousand dollars a year for the rest of their lives. Eventually got up to like thirty thousand. Um, and uh, that but they they finally stopped contesting for it. Schuster died in 1992. Uh, DC Comics offered Schuster's heirs a stipend in exchange for never challenging ownership of Superman, which they accepted for some years. Siegel died in 1996. His heirs attempted to take the rights to Superman using the termination provision of the Copyright Act of 1976. DC Comics negotiated an agreement wherein it would pay the Siegel heirs several million dollars and a yearly stipend of 500000 in exchange for permanently granting DC the Holy rights to shit. Superman. DC Comics also agreed to insert the line by special arrangement with the Jerry Siegel family in all future Superman productions. The Siegels accepted DC's offer in an October 2001 letter. Did the Siegels still live in Cleveland? No, they died in L.A. But they oh. did, like, when they started making money back then, though, they, they did buy um, houses, like, in Cleveland and stuff. Now, all like, of his family all died in L.A.? The whole family? Oh, no, no, I, I don't know where crash? the family lives. I was just talking about Siegel and Schuster themselves. I, don't, I didn't catch I up with the I was trying to find out if any of his family stole. I married my kids off to him. Their yearly stipend of 500000 Married yeah. my kids off. All right. So copyright lawyer and movie producer Mark Toberoff then struck a deal with the heirs of both Siegel and Schuster to help them get the rights to Superman in exchange for signing the rights over to his production company, Pacific Pictures. Both groups accepted. The Siegel heirs called off their deal with DC Comics and in 2004 sued DC for the rights to Superman and Superboy. Never fucking mind. <laughs> in 2008, the judge ruled in favor of the Siegels. DC Comics appealed the decision and the appeals court ruled in favor of DC, arguing that the October 2001 letter was binding. In 2003, the Schuster heirs served a termination notice for Schuster's grant of his half of the copyright to Superman. DC Comics sued the Schuster heirs in 2010 and the court ruled in D.C.'s favor on the grounds that the 1992 agreement with the Schuster heirs barred them from terminating the grant. Superman is due to enter the public domain in 2033. However, this would only apply to the character as he is depicted in Action Comics number one. Versions of him with later developments, such as uh, Heat Vision, may persist under copyright until the works they were introduced in enter the public domain themselves. Yeah, no shit. So that's interesting. Yeah, I know. Do you, that's how the public domain works. I know, but it's it's the idea that because we've never really seen that with I've never seen that with a character that was popular or created in my lifetime. You know, you know, because of the what Disney did where they overturned that or fought against it so they could retain the rights to Mickey Mouse and stuff. Which is insanity because Walt Disney built the beginning of his company on works he pulled from the public domain. Oh, yeah. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Those are all stories from the public domain. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. I like when you talk to me like I'm stupid. <laughs> like I'm just dumb. I you knew that, didn't you? I just didn't think about that. I, but I think about Mickey Mouse being the first thing. But yeah, I, I guess, yeah, he, he did use a lot of stuff. Yeah, Mickey Mouse isn't what he used to build everything. Like those movies that he put out that made him so popular, that's all from the public domain. All right. So uh, Superman's success immediately. You got, you got text coming in? Yeah. You super popular? Superman's success immediately begat a wave of imitations. The most successful of these in this early age was Captain Marvel, first published by Fawcett Comics in December 1939. So like a year later, we had 
Captain Marvel, what you listener know as Shazam, not the Brie Larson character. Uh, he had very he had many similarities, Herculean strength and vulnerability, ability to fly, cape, secret identity uh, as a journalist. <laughs> like, yeah. So they filed a law, DC filed a lawsuit against Fawcett Comics for copyright infringement. And eventually DC just ended up owning Fawcett Comics, I'm pretty sure. I don't really want to get into that because that's not really the Superman history. So but Captain Marvel it got is owned by DC and then they changed his name to Shazam because Marvel also had a Captain Marvel and it didn't really make sense for DC to use the name Captain Marvel when their direct competitor was called Marvel. Right. And then Marvel's like, we have Captain DC. <laughs> what do you think of that? Right. So, yeah, that's the the origins of Superman. All right, so then I am going to make mine pretty fast because I half-passed it. <laughs> it's a fucking holiday. Right. And I have to work on this holiday anyway. <laughs> you got like a chip on your shoulder. It's because we, I don't... We could just not do the podcast. No, I don't do that. I was going to say, like, I if always, we don't have to do it. Nobody no, will be... I mean, see, don't be like, disappointed that's briefly. The thing. That's the thing, right? Like, people, like Gimlet Media, who's been bought by Spotify, but like... They take the entire month of August off and they put up replays. Yeah. And like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I'd rather turn out half-ass shit. Right? For now. I'm not saying we'll never do that. Because I think it, it might be funny to kind of revisit some of our early episodes. Holy shit. Yeah. They're pretty terrible. They're bad. Or at least clips from them. And when I have that, I we'll have to see, guys, because I have a six-week recovery period coming up. Oh, yeah. In November and December. So, yeah, I mean, there can be extenuating circumstances. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll, uh, I mean, I'll be pre-recording as much as I can, but we'll. uh, I really hope the mic isn't picking up the sounds of my belly right now. We have to record another episode like this week. Oh, yeah. I am not going to be in town. Yep. (laughs) This is a content heavy week. I got to come up with another topic. Listeners, post your topic suggestions on the Couple Goals uh, Facebook page, the Lister group. Join the Lister group. Yeah, do it in the Lister group. Don't post it on the page. And all Um, you have to do to join the Lister group, go to it. Answer the damn questions. (laughs) We get so many requests to join the group, but people don't answer the questions. And they might be real listeners because some of their Facebook pages look legit. Right. Like these people sometimes started, you can tell that they, they're not legit. Right. Sometimes you can tell. But other times these people started their page in 2010. And, and the question is, who are S&M? It's a very simple question. If the you answer the show. is Sean and Maggie. Sean and or Maggie. Or the hosts. Or even Maggie and Sean would be acceptable. Or the hosts <laughs> would also be acceptable. <laughs> the hosts of the show. <laughs> it's a pretty simple question. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people can be bothered to answer it so they don't get to join the group. But that's that's literally all you have to do to join the group. But yeah, post your suggestions. It doesn't mean we're necessarily going to do them, but we might. We don't know. I don't know. Someone gave me a topic and it was so depressing that I was like, piss off with your suggestions. Like sometimes people give me suggestions and I'm not doing it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm going to tell you about the origin of Labor Day. (laughs) Is this to do with like labor unions and, and why we don't have seven day work weeks anymore and children don't have to work? Not really. I mean, I'm not going into all that. Oh, okay. So it's 125 years old this year. The holiday is. So in the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution in the United States, 
Americans did used to work 12 hour days, seven days a week. Yep. And they had to do that just in order to live a basic life. Jesus so Christ. despite <laughs> restrictions in some states, children as young as five or six were in the mills and factories and Have mines. Have you seen those pictures of those yeah. kids? It's yeah. it looks insane yeah. to see six year olds like sweet. And they look like they've been working for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and they look accomplished. Like they yeah. look like they know what the fuck. They're not looking at this shit like I don't know what to do. Like they're working on their machines. Yeah. <laughs> and you ever see like pictures? they're fucking doing die cutting or whatever the fuck. <laughs> well, you know what, though? That's why, like, kids used to look older back then is because they had lived. Right. And, like, now you see a teenager and it's like, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but back then it's like, like, kids like back, not, not back in the 1800s, but like even back in like the 60s. Kids would take smoke breaks back then, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, five-year-olds. So they, uh, but they only earned a fraction of their adult counterparts wages. Jesus fuck. Because, you know, they were five or whatever. So they weren't so good. <laughs> they weren't nearly as good as their adults. <laughs> the fact that they had only been out of the womb for five years. Like, get back to blacksmithing, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> get back in the fucking. Get your goddamn arc welding mask on. Get, get back, back to in, work. Get back in the mine. <laughs> right. Like, Jesus Christ. Grab your pickaxe. Shut the fuck up. So, yeah, that brings me to the fact that people of all ages, particularly the poor and the recent immigrants, they faced unsafe work conditions and insufficient access to fresh air. And breaks. <laughs> so no smoke breaks then. No smoke no breaks for Tommy breaks the five-year-old. No smoke breaks for five-year-olds. And no fresh air in the mines. <laughs> Jesus. So they probably just smoked while they worked back then, actually. Yeah, Because, again, too. no safety regulations. Right. So and when you're five, you're smoking in the mine and you don't yeah, know any better. Right. And you're dead by seven from emphysema. <laughs> you go through your midlife crisis at like four. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're already like, how much longer? They're like, you'll be retired by seven, dead by eight. <laughs> as manufacturing increased, um, increasingly supplant agriculture as wellspring of American employed Labor unions, which first appeared in the late 18th century, grew more prominent and vocal. They began organizing strikes and rallies to protest poor conditions and to compel employers to renegotiate hours and pay. Many of these events turned violent during this period, including the infamous Haymarket Riot of 1886. Oh, yes. I was gonna. Do, I don't. I don't know. I was gonna is. research it. And I was like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> the so Haymarket. Oh, that infamous Haymarket riot, in which several Chicago policemen and workers were killed. Others gave Jesus. rise to longstanding conditions. On September fifth, eighteen eighty-two, ten thousand workers took unpaid time off. To which you know what? You fucking owed it. It's you work twelve hours, seven days a week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I do too. But all my paid is unpaid time. <laughs> I I ran ac across uh, one of those Facebook memories of that post I made a few years ago that nobody got behind, which was if we all, all collectively stop going, stop going to work on Fridays. What are they going to do if everybody stops showing up to work every Friday? We're, we're down to a four day work week, guys. So yeah. let's just do it together. One giant labor union. So 10,000 workers took unpaid time off to march from City Hall to Union Square in New York City, holding the first Labor Day parade in U.S. history. Dude, <clears throat> I clearly have a small case of the fucking throat cancer. 
like I'm really curious if the sounds my stomach is making or, <laughs> or, or the mic is picking up. If They're they are really loud, up, it'll probably be mixed out when I do my sound editing. Okay, good. Good, good, good. The idea of a working men's holiday celebrated celebrated on the 1st of September, first Monday of September, sorry, caught on in other industrial centers across the country, and many states started to pass legislation recognizing it. But Congress didn't legi- didn't create legislation for 12 more years. Hmm. Stupid fucks. <laughs> uh, when a watershed moment in American labor history brought wa- workers' rights squarely into the public view. On May 11th, 1894, employees at the Pullman Palace Car Company in Chicago went on strike to protest wage cuts and the firing of union reps. On June 26th, the American Railroad Union, led by Union, nope, nope, not a name, Eugene V. Debs, called for the boycott of all Pullman railway cars, crippling the railroad traffic nationwide. Hmm. That's fucked up. I mean, not fucked up, but you know, it is fucked up. (laughs) To break the Pullman strike, the federal government dispatched troops to Chicago's, unleashing waves of riots that resulted in the deaths of more than a dozen workers. This is what we're talking about. I'm pretty sure this is that Hayman, Haywake, Haymaker (laughs) thing that we were talking about. Yeah, sure. In the wake of this massive unrest and attempt to repair ties with the American workers, Congress passed an act making Labor Day a legal day, a legal holiday in the District of Columbia and all territories. On June 28th, 1894, President Grover Cleveland signed into law, and more than a century later, the true founder of Labor Labor Day has yet to be identified. Many credit Peter J. McGuire, co-founder of the American Federation of Labor, while others have suggested it's Matthew McGuire, spelled a different way. (laughs) One's McGuire, the other is Mugwire. Hey, who's Matt Murdock? It's um, Daredevil. Oh, now you'll answer it because I, I put I, you on the spot. I did know. I just wasn't willing to say because you're just trying to get me to say. Yeah. A secretary. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Anyway, so Matt Matthew McGuire is the secretary of the Central Labor Union, who first proposed the holiday. So yeah, it apparently comes from the deaths of workers at the hands of unsafe conditions. Wow. That's where Labor Day comes from. So, if you are off on Monday, you have dead americans to thank um if you i mean same i guess for memorial day and labor day or i'm sorry memorial day and uh veterans day but it's pretty crazy to think about though the fact that that's what it took yeah well what it took was workers banding together and crippling capitalism with the railroad and that's uh and that, again, though, that's, that's what I mean, all it you takes. You got to get together. You got to stop banning together. Stop the higher ups from making that money. So then, when I was doing this research, I did see that unions are down. It used to be over twenty percent. Like in nineteen eighty six, over twenty percent of workers were unionized. Yeah. Now it's only like ten point one percent. Yeah, I believe it. Are in a union. I mean, you know, well, these companies they strongly discourage it. And well, the job that I had, I were I was in a union. Yeah. And those same positions are no longer unionized. Yeah. They outsource that stuff yep. and yup, yup, yup. I mean, they break down your union so fast, but because I, I was, was in a union briefly, I was not overpaid for what I was doing. Yeah. But I was paid more than everyone else outside of that company right. for that same job. 
Yeah. But I was not overpaid. I was crying no. every day on my way to work. That's how I know I was not overpaid. And then if you and go I back still to left. <laughs> my last job doing pest control, it's like, ah, sometimes I'd work like 16 hour days. Yeah. Sometimes I'd, you know, be like, oh, I've worked 21 days in a row now. <laughs> 21 <laughs> days in a row, 16 hour days. And then you got your teeth pulled. <laughs> Went back they, to work and went back to work and they were like, where are you? And you're like, I'm getting my teeth pulled. And they're like, when will you be done? <laughs> like, uh, now it's funny. At the time, it was upsetting and made me incredibly angry. That is angry. extremely unfair treatment of of uh, labor. And I cannot believe the people are still treated like that. Right. Like anywhere. Yeah. It's well, I got out finally, though. That was yeah. that was the thing that pushed me over that and not being able to take time off from my mom's death. Those two things in the same year was like, you know what? I don't think I want to work here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, not going to work here. Not going not gonna, gonna not gonna to work here. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And it's. Well, I was like, you, you asked me why you can't wear white after Labor Day. And I was like, I'm going to do Labor Day. And I saw an article on why you can't wear white after Labor Day. And I never clicked on it to read it. That's actually what prompted the whole article or the whole research and forgot to even research it. That's all. And I, but as I told you, that's made up where and, whatever the fuck you want. Well, we know Steve will be listening to this. Hi, Steve. We know you're working on Labor Day because his company uh, is like, fuck Labor Day. Fuck all the holidays. We won't name his company, but <laughs> they're like, fuck your holidays, except for Christmas. They do give Christmas off. But every other holiday, you're just expected to work, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. It does suck. I mean, I work for myself, so I, I work as a, all the time. As a boss, I make myself work all the time. But if I had employees, they wouldn't work. Yeah. But if, as a boss, I make myself work all the time. Yeah. Except when I don't. Right. Sometimes and that's I, what I mean. You you yeah. you take you pick your times. It's really cool. Yeah. Except when I'm like, no, but I have a huge launch coming up and I'm leaving town. I'm going to New York for like four days, four days. And like, I can't, I don't have time, like, to sit around. So we got to come up with more topics by like, what? Thursday? Um, Thursday, because Friday, I have that big launch. I have two meetings on Friday, and then we're going to see it. We're going to see it. And then and when then do you leave? I leave Saturday morning early. You have Ooh. to drive me. And How then, early? Like, I think my plane takes off at eight or seven uh, something. Okay. And then um, you're picking me up. I get home at 7 p.m., on Tuesday. Gotcha. So. Yeah. So that's, uh, in case anybody's wondering where I'm around, I'm uh, I'm leaving town. So next time you hear from me, it'll be pre-recorded. All right. So I, I have some ideas, though. You can do Spider-Man. <laughs> well, I you, said that. Yeah, that you cover Spider-Man for the podcast. And okay. I'll, and then you'll cover a murder? Oh, I'll cover a murder. The murder of Spider-Man. No, that's not. <laughs> that's a bit of storyline, I'm guessing. You'll cover some kind of crime. I'll just give you some kind of crime. It doesn't have to be a murder because you don't like murders. And when you tell murders, you're just like, uh, why can't I, can I get a murder that's based on somebody having road rage and somebody getting murdered that really deserves it? Because I would like that. Meh. Somebody who just. Someone who's asking for it. <laughs> yeah. When like, when you. Uh, like Dave Chappelle says, like. Here's I'm what you call a victim blamer. Well, in this case, well, let me give the scenario and everybody's had the scenario. I'm sure they've been cut off by somebody in traffic. 
meaning this person was turning off from. <laughs> You're like, let me give a scenario. It's for license plate, Ohio <laughs> plate number, <laughs> GUD. Oh, watch that movie MacGruber if you haven't, because that's that's exactly how I feel sometimes, where he just becomes obsessed with the guy and has this whole notebook full of this license plate number <laughs> over and over again. But this lady, so the I'm, I'm going down the street. I'm going like 40, 40, 45 miles an hour, which is, you know, five to 10 over the limit or whatever. Nothing crazy. This lady just fucking pulls out in front of me to get in front of me. And there's no re there's nobody behind me. There's no reason for it. I like that you're recounting road rage as if none of us have ever had. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Everybody, everybody's had this scenario. And I'm yeah. sure people are like, yup, yup. And then but it, this this is what pisses me. So I don't I'm not one of those people who speeds up because some people speed up when you pull out in front of them, even if you haven't cut them off and then they just back off. I just maintain my speed, get up on her ass, and I, I, I use the technique you taught me, Maggie, which is... To, this is a, it's a very unnerving technique. To just hold the horn down for an unsettling amount of time. Yes. So probably a good, like, four seconds, you know, which doesn't sound long, but it's a really long time to have your horn down, you know, and... And it lets your rage out, but it also freaks them the fuck out. Well, this bitch gives me the finger, uh. and... That's when I'm just like, I'm I'm ready to kill. I'm like, OK, you need to die now. Like you fucked up. I called you on it and now you're going to flick me off. And that, so if you what kind find, of car, I don't know. I don't know cars. You know, I have car blindness. They had we had four wheels on it. Sean really does. It had, it had seats and a steering wheel and pretty it had headlights and brake lights and windows. That's what it looks like. Sean has car blindness. I don't give a shit about cars. Are literally it's it's like asking me what kind, what brand washer and dryer somebody had. It's a fucking appliance. Like who fucking cares? So yeah, she had a car, and she flicked me off, and I didn't follow her, but I did get up next to her, and you know like went to mean mugger, but she you know she was looking to the you know the right for some reason which she is weird because she should at least be looking forward <laughs> right no she wasn't she was literally like looking like had her head that's because turned. anyone who honks for four seconds straight <laughs> is a crazy person but that's the other thing i was thinking though too in today's world why the fuck would you flick somebody off that you've pissed off already right you know what i mean like you do wrong and then you you flick somebody right off. and then you then you basically in our in our step county, it up the county that we live in Almost everybody has a gun. We're like the only people who don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> like. She probably had a gun. <laughs> yeah. Like you are. More than lucky. likely. All right. I have a cough. But she escalated it quite quickly, though. And for no reason. There was no reason to escalate that when you fucked up. Just she's acknowledge a, you fucked she's up. She's a fucking crazy bitch. That's the reason. Stupid bitch. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> no. Bring I'm that energy, Maggie. <laughs> I was trying to hold off coughing so I could go get some water. So thanks for listening. I have, I need water. <laughs> Bye. Bye.